0: Hello and welcome to episode 98 of the My Fancy Zamboni podcast. It's been a while, hasn't it, ladies and gents? Well, it, we've been on holiday um, and we're back. Uh, unfortunately, tonight, Joe's on the IR. Um, we hope he's uh, not on there for too long and he's back for the, the summer games. Um, but that leaves us with uh, two other uh, distinguished gentlemen, we'll say for now. By the end of the podcast, you may not think the same. However, uh, good evening, Gref, the 2 plus wonder. How are you, my friend? I'm very good thanks how about yourself not too bad thank you um nice to be back home proper brew um, decent
1: prices
0: decent prices yeah we'll, we'll go into that definitely but And, Greg's. That and Greg's, yeah. <laughs> definitely In fact, that was the first thing we said when we landed um and last but not least good evening Andy how are you mater
2: even if I'm not too bad thank you um yeah it feels so weird because it's my longest time I've been away in my life and getting you start that weird little hotel hostel slash prison custody place um it, it felt weird since I come back home uh like I said never been anywhere for so long in my life and sort of got used to it and just felt weird moving out so but yeah it's good to be back
0: very much so um so as you can gather and guess um and if you could see the video um, with one of us, we, myself, Graf and Andy was at the World Championships we mentioned previously. Uh, so tonight, given that Joe's on the IR, we'll not mention the, the playoff weekend or any signing news that's happened since. We'll we'll round that up when Joe comes back. So tonight is purely about the World Championships that's just happened. Um, we'll give you the insight into what the place was like, some of the games, we'll talk about them. And we'll talk about next year where Great Britain will be playing you haven't heard that news yet, so guys, let's let's talk about Finland uh, and the city of Tampere. Um, I don't know about you guys. I didn't expect to fall in love with a place as much as I did with that place. That's ah, just such a beautiful part of the world.
1: Yeah, I think I think we well, we went to Budapest. We didn't expect to like it as much, but then um, that was only nine days, and we loved it. And we were saying, yeah, we want to go back. We were there for 12 in Tampere and we were like, this place is actually really nice. I want to come back to here. Hopefully the prices have gone down or they've built a web of spoons. One of the two. But apart <laughs> from that. I prefer both, if I'm honest with you, mate.
0: Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> found some good drinks over there. Good refreshments. Some... Interesting choices of uh, toilet graffiti in one of the bars, and heard a lot of really poor. Sorry, Finnish fans, or people listening to this, really poor karaoke. if anybody's heard us sing at karaoke,
0: you know about. But I've got a background for this. It was, it was painful it was just so so bad in fairness we were trying to get andy to go up just to make it sound a bit better but unfortunately andy decided to decline on it
2: right didn't you mater well yeah uh, judging that i'm probably going to be a lot worse than what they are i'm not sure mate i really am not sure i am sure but i uh, think
1: to think that finland have won a eurovision once before Definitely wasn't from any karaoke bars. No, but it was it was a heavy metal band, weren't
0: it? It was, Lordy. That's it. I couldn't remember the name of the band. Makes a lot of sense if you think about how bad the karaoke was. <laughs> <laughs> fair. Just put some screamer in. It's fine. No one needs to hear us. It's okay. We'll get the vote. And they did.
1: Um... There was one thing that was weird. And it was when you go to a supermarket after nine o'clock, yeah. you couldn't buy any alcohol. that was over 5.5. What you go to a pub or a bar? Yeah, that made no sense. That,
0: and especially our hotel that the bar shut at six in the afternoon. It was a bit, yeah. Um, but Andy, say from from your perspective, I know you was in a different hotel to us for the vast majority of the trip, although we met up every day. Um, give us your thoughts on on Tampa.
3: And The place itself, uh.
2: It's absolutely amazing. Um, that's what you find now. It, it, even if we're not in the capital city, which has been quite a, a lot of the case uh, in these uh, trips, basically, where it's been like a, a two-group event in, in uh, the First Division. Um, you come to these uh, sort of cities that you've never really heard of before, um, and then you just have a look around and it just looks incredible. Like, what you got over here Just miles better than Sheffield. Made Sheffield look like. Just an absolute dump site, to be honest with you. Uh, Everything was pretty much modern. Uh, Even the older stuff was quite nice. And um, yeah, just a very vibrant sort of place. Uh, I think it was made even more better when you saw all the hockey branding, uh, um, advertising the World Championships. Uh, Obviously, we would not see that over here. But it was it was just really nice to see that advertised as much as possible. The tramms had it on every pub, every bar, cafe, shop window had some sort of memorabilia or posters about it, and uh, it, was just, it was just fantastic. Everyone you could tell in Finland and in Scandinavia just buys just buys into the sport, and just the support from the locals was was amazing. Everyone that we we uh, spoke to and. Uh, came up to us uh, even in the bar um literally just a stranger talking to us cause we're not used to having tourists over in tampera it, it isn't a tourist city by any means like you struggle to find postcards or fridge magnets of tampera itself so but the locals are really nice uh albeit very um very close to you uh <laughs> when you're talking to them but just absolutely amazing to be honest with you and uh, like Graf said, shame about the prices. Uh, if if it was cheaper, I'd definitely go back again. But I think we need to uh, open our own restaurant over there and give Rose Spoons a bit of uh, European competition.
0: I must admit, as, like you, you walk around um, sort of the main part of Tampere and every shop had either a jersey or the flag or the Disney ears. They seem to be like doing the rounds a lot. Um, it started off just the ladies wearing them, and then by the final, everybody wearing them. It's like okay, Um I know your mum wanted this set, didn't she, Andre? She's like, she saw him. She's like, oh, I want one of them. I'm like, okay, but we could not find them until like towards the end of the trip. But everywhere you went, even in the in the stores, they would altered the uniform to look like finished jerseys. So just that that vibe of you're at a world championships. as I say? Like Ref mentioned, we was at Budapest um, and there was a good vibe about that championships and the locals knew that they were hosting something. Uh, Slovakia didn't have that much of that, um, if I'm honest with you. And the ones that I'd been, from the three of myself, sort of Zagreb, um, Vilnius, Eindhoven, even Belfast, if I'm honest with you, um, didn't have that much. There's a world Championships that's let make a big deal of it. Um, In fairness, Eindhoven was prepared to win the the football championships, and that's another story in itself. Um, But Tampere, definitely, you knew you was at a world championships. You know, you had that feel in the shop, the pop-up stores, the CCM stuff, uh, the pop-up stores of uh, Tapera and Ilves, um, just everywhere around. It there's such a a vibe about it, and it was like, you walk around, yeah? And you'd see like random as Swedish fans, Norway fans, the odd American, and you're walking down your GB shirt. High five, you, you you're a What? Yeah, yeah, whatever. He just had that. You know, there were no malice in, outside the arena. Um, it was all good natured, um, and yeah, a place I'd certainly go back, but not for a bit. I'll let the bank account recover. Um, and we, we've actually looked just for him um, for gigs, um, as a, as a phrase goes, for how much it costs for five nights. And yeah, same price, literally for hotels. I'm like okay, talking like four hundred a person for five nights. That's the level of expense the hotels were. Um, and we was looking one night, Griff, just
1: for one night at the hotels around. You were talking like some place like five hundred pound per night. Uh, I it's looked. Just, it was Friday to Monday. It was like five hundred pound. It was like jeez. Oh, no, we still have to go back anyway for that hockey shop. We'll go on to our hockey shop later on. I'm, I'm, there's a couple of stories in that one. Um, yep.
0: well, we mentioned the, this place. And I have to say, we've mentioned um, our favourite team, Tepera. Um Gref is um, adorning a, a lovely jersey uh, from there. Um, but we saw he, just as nice a jersey of Ilves, uh, the other team that play out there. Uh, and some of the fans that we got to meet and it was bizarre I, I, I actually I don't think I met a Tapara fan. They were all ills. And didn't you get talking to someone that was a, a Carapart fan? Olu? Breath?
1: I I did, yeah, they worked in yeah. the the, in, the fan zone. Yeah. There was, on it's, fan it's,
0: like,
1: wow. There's <laughs> like no Tapara fans.
0: Like, okay. So but no if you ever want to go somewhere to watch hockey and we'll go on to the arena now. The Tampere is a place to go. Uh, and, I mean, we we went to the old arena and we'll go on to that because there's a nice little story from there. But the Nokia Arena, oh, my God, what a venue. What a building. I don't know about you guys. I've not been to a better place in Europe. I can only think of one venue I've been to that beats it. But, wow, what a, what a arena
1: that is. the concourse itself is just unreal especially like during when we played finland it was like wow the amount of places that you over it's like you got like what one set of food options hot dog burger chips a slice of pizza there were so many options over there and it was like wow i'm not used to this (laughs)
0: You certainly spoke for choice. I mean, if I'm honest, I think Nottingham's getting there with the the number of options, but the the quality of the options, and this is a, like a two-tier arena, was was out of this world. I mean, I don't know what you thought, Andy, but I'll go back on the Finland game. You had DJs at like kind of four points of the concourse just getting the fans going in intervals. And you're like, am I a hockey match? Or Am I like a, a rave or something? But just the atmosphere that was created in this building, especially the Finland games, was I've never seen or felt anything like it in my life.
2: It was really weird because up until the Finland game, we had been to every, every game before that GV were in. Obviously, uh, it was the earlier games. And it it it, it was nowhere near uh, as, as packed as what that Finland game was. Just could not believe it. You could understand why they had to build a concourse that wide. Uh, it, even even getting out was a struggle. There was only literally one set of, of exit doors uh, to get out. But what an atmosphere it was. And the arena, absolutely unreal. <laughs> I mean, you, you, you would never, for at least another 20 years, see an arena like that in the UK. That That was just absolutely beautiful. I've never seen one where you've literally got like four or five different different like restaurants or um little restaurant things you know the stands or whatever there's like four or five different one of those and uh I can remember the, like this massive bar and right beside it was a, a, a little like wings restaurant it's just absolutely crazy seeing that everywhere <laughs> you went every little corner every every corner you turned there was either some sort of little bar there was a uh, Stanley could get some stuff from or there was some sort of food you know, it, absolutely unreal
0: I think that Wings restaurants hook yeah. it's, I think it's, the, it's the place that me and Gref went to mm. um, for the um, the US Finland game um, very short so they, they, they've had this bar they open it up to GB fans um, great food the, the Wings were top notch um, weren't that expensive per se Um. But yeah, like Andy said, you know, you just, you come up, you go up here and it's like all oh, the food options are, it's through the arena. But there it was, it were their restaurant, their menu, their prices. Cause I, I don't know if you looked, graph, but I think the price was exactly the same. Pretty adamant they were the same as the restaurant.
1: And there was three on other, the same.
0: Yeah, so there were three other, like Andy said, there was just other restaurant chains in the arena with their menu. I had absolute bugger all to do or influence from the arena, but were selling and yeah um just yeah just an an unreal venue um worthy of a world championships um and if any british team in the chl gets drawn with either Tapara or if ills qualify you go dip into the swiss bank account but go and enjoy the venue because it is lights out one of the best venues in europe um that's it. I must admit, what Andy, the only thing—the downside—was what Andy said. Is like the entrance and exit. It's like only one, um, mm. one way in, and then you spread out one way out, and it's quite narrow. And it, yeah, that could be a bit interesting, especially what happened um, in France with the recent uh, Champions League final, um, Them kind of little things. But apart from that, um, the big negative. But then you expected that with with Finland is the price of refreshments.
1: €8.90 for a 400 mil beer. €9.60 for a long hero. Just gin. It was a, just to say, <laughs> it was either
0: beer or gin and juice. And the odd side are thrown in. But predominant people were buying or as we found out, the Tesco cans as they are literally the same. The cans of, is it Hardwell? Yeah, ha- uh, Heartwall. Heartwall? They're literally the same design as Tesco cans of soft drink. You ever go if you go into it, like either their own lemonade or their own dandelion butter, it's the same colour scheme, design, the job lot. Um, but yeah, eight, and nine, nine, nine fifty, you say? Nine sixty. Nine sixty. Yeah. We'll just let that sink in for a second. Not cheap to drink. It's uh, certainly worse. Yeah, the fans. are. Oh. We'll go on to the fan zone um, before going to the games. now, obviously myself and Gref were we've done two championships, and Andy, this was your first one. Um, and I don't know about you, Griff. I thought the fan zone was worse in Finland than it was in Slovakia. but I don't know if that's because there was more area to
1: play with. If that makes sense it does yeah yeah there wasn't really much there you had your area where you could buy drinks watch the games but then you had there was like little pockets then of things around and it. it was like it's not really much to do there is there especially not for like kids that are coming along as well they had like that one probably that one area where We'll probably come along later on with the the goaltending, the Skoda Sc- section. Yeah, the Skoda section. That was pretty much it. It wasn't the greatest, but to be fair, we didn't really spend much time in there anyway because we were we found some cheap local pubs. Uh, cheap compared to what we were, they were <laughs> selling. <laughs> <laughs> Cheap, finished prices.
0: <laughs> I suppose we'll move on to Andy, kind of the, the, the fresh-eyed approach. What did you... From your expectation of the fan zone, what did you think of it?
2: Um, well, for me, it's, it's, a lot, it's a lot harder to really say because it's my first one I've been to, but I think what spe- what spelled it was more the prices of of the drinks again. I mean... You, you can make a lot more money and have a lot more people in there if it was that bit cheaper. I think that maybe that would have been made it a little bit better. But like I mentioned, there was some areas that could have been made a bit more than what there were. Um, I can't really say much more. Um, apart from that, that, that SCADA section where you could have a going goal yourself and uh, you had the air hockey, the ads, that little uh, like sort of... Mini game we had to get the puck through like three sections like like, like. Nottingham has sometimes for playoffs uh but it was a little wooden sort of uh, game like things but Palestine, yeah yeah apart from that uh and they're sharp and obviously they're bio steel. so sort of stall that was about it really
0: I mean to add context um a free 30 mil beer was seven euros now let me just quantify straight up we didn't go just to drink alcohol. To Finland, we did the culture, we'll go on to culture. Um, we'll, we'll mention that. Um, but if we're honest, and it is very stereotypical, British, you go and you measure things on how much a pint of beer is. Um, it's just what you do as a Brit. I know it's, it's stereotypical, but um, you always kind of know where the places are. Um, I mean, like most of the bars were talking six to seven euros, but that was for a pint or 500 mil um the one that we found um was four euro 70 that was the cheapest one that we actually found um but i'm also a bit say i think the area in terms of size wise because there was a second off cut fan zone down the hill uh, because there's a church in between the two um again only had one e3 area just a area and the big screen um i wonder if if that happened i mean it can't do because of the layout of where the knock is basically so the Nokia Arena is literally slapped in the middle of like high-rise offices. You've got like a set of hotels to the left. You've got office buildings to the right. You've got literally every, how they've done it and still kept these high-rise offices is quite impressive in that context. But there's not much else in terms of like a flat area by the arena. Because it's near like a, a fan street, so in Slovakia there was a huge area in terms of size for a fan zone. It didn't have that much uh, in Tampere. Um, but apart from that, I mean, see, we'll we'll mention the Skoda area um, later on. But I think overall that arena is definitely one of one to add to everyone's bucket list for a hockey experience. Um, although if you do get a a white cup, here's some free advice keep your white cup if you end up having a blue cup pour into white cup get rid of the blue cup and you can go to your seat not a question asked and we'll leave it there unless you're gareth or andy who we'll managed to drink their alcohol into the seating area because you don't have to take alcohol to the seating area they just walked in and just sat down like no happened I'm like how oh, are you right doing right? skills. Are you? oh definitely skills absolute skills and bow down to your guys on that one um swines um, <laughs> but apart from that it is, that's definitely a. a I don't know about you guys but when you go and you think of tournaments you go to the top level you're expecting granular you're expecting big things and I think it's fair to say the Nokia Arena
3: certainly fitted that description I'm getting a lot of yeah. shaking hands I was
1: voice. gonna say, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously you think, well, in the UK, you would actually think that you're gonna see on a the home, the home, the home nationals team sponsor being Lidl. <laughs> oh. I had to laugh at that. I'm driving
0: this morning to to um to a, to a shop, and we're passing Lidl and just um. And I'm like, I can't I don't think if you pop in there We'll get the other finished cap Or finished jersey I like I say When we saw Finland response by Lidl You're thinking eh, That do not make any sense And then you go into the shop And they bought into it Whole hog Shirts, caps scarves, um, pucks. pucks Clappers the um, The cardboard things that you could use Everything that they bought into it, when you, from our description of Lidl and Aldi type thing, off the beat again,
1: in Finland for little. That was pretty, yeah. I mean, at least that was decently priced in there as well for food, drink, and whatnot. It was interesting to see another what a European little would look like. And you're like, why can't it be like this over here? <laughs> I mean, it's there uh, sometimes because of the the
0: times of breakfast at our hotel. Little did become the breakfast venue, and I know you went in a couple of times, uh, Andy, from where your hotel were. Um, so yeah, uh, little was definitely um, well utilised by ourselves, um, and uh, also a nice price on on the cans again for finished prices, um, but. We'll move on and we'll go on to the games now, but we'll leave it. It's a place to go and watch hockey. It's not one where you go, well, I'm sure I'm sure. do it. Just do it once in your life. You won't regret it. Um, so, the business section that we went over for, obviously, for the GB games, and what I'll do is we'll I'll run through the scores and then we'll go through a few games. I'll uh, we'll bracket a few of them together, uh, the ones that probably make sense. Um, obviously, we started with 5-1 loss to the Chetia. As they now like to be called, um, a penalty shot loss to Norway, uh, 4-3, being 3-0 down, uh, then losses 6-0 to Sweden, 3-0 to America, 6-0 to Finland, 4-3 loss to Latvia, and then the heartbreaking 5-3 loss to Austria on the last day. Um, so we'll start we'll start with the Chechi one. Um and kind of that, and I'll start with Andy on this one because again, obviously it's his first chance at that level or any time, but you start at the very, you know, you've got at the very top, mate. Um, you walk in, you sit down, you're watching Chechia against GB. You know what's running through your mind?
2: Firstly, just trying to point out well, trying to spot how many NHLs is on that side, and uh, obviously uh, a long time Boston Bruin, David Krejci, uh, now plays in the Czech Hockey League, so. Yeah, he was the first one to spot. And then I believe one of the goalies, uh, Vane Melker, plays for Arizona. Um, And there's a few others as well. Uh, We're just like in... uh, Not, obviously, top earners, but still in the show and and there for a reason. And and we saw that. But that score on itself, to me, pretty respectable. Um, I think we, we all know. Especially myself and Dave, just watching Sparta Pra uh, a couple of years ago. Just the, the the difference in level, the the speed of the game that like that they play is incredible. And to go down six one, you know that's that's not it's it's not the worst score in the world to be honest with you. Um, they play well, they try the best Again, it's just an absolute powerhouse team. So the effort was there, uh, and, and, and that's all we could ask in that particular game. So yeah just again, bewildering watching the watching the the uh, play hockey. It's amazing. I'll move on to greffin. There's kind of a little bit of a downbeat side of
0: it. um it's probably the first time that we've had definitely mine in, in terms of and just going back on to um, away trips where we warned that the security would have a k forty sevens um probably the worst interaction with opposition fans. um and this is no. Painting the brush on all Chechia fans, we know one very well who lives here, used to play with us, um, for the hockey team we play for, and he is absolute top lad. But some of their fans was very aggressive, very interesting in how they were uh, demonstrating their support. Graph
1: very uh, to put it bluntly, yeah. Especially some of the choice words that were said outside. Personally, I think they just couldn't handle their alcohol. And at the end of the first period, it was 0-0, so I don't think they like that either. Probably thought, yeah, we should walk these guys. It's not going to work that way. Not for the first period anyway. It was, yeah, The fa- I think that's probably like the first GB game that I've been to where it was actually kind of Hostile to a point where both sides were given it, one side was given it, even though they shouldn't really have been in that section. And we we're like, Yeah, they actually do need to go somewhere else. Even security got involved. And I think that's when, because going there the first one, we didn't actually have our tickets checked to so say we're in the right block. And then going forward, every game checked. It was Quite interesting. I mean, I'd probably say the more interesting one was against Latvia, but we'll come to that one later. (laughs) I mean, to me,
0: I, I, as a person, I don't mind um, industrial language, shall we say. Um, But when we're getting women in our group and in the wider group getting told to go forth and multiply... You can imagine what I'm saying. Um, yeah, there was a line that crossed, and probably a reason why we weren't told who was saying it, who was saying that to some of the girls. Because I think we'd have probably be spending our time selling tickets. Because there's some things you just don't do. Um, you you know, tell me. You know, I think I speak for you, for you and Andy. Jeff. Yeah? and I suppose I speak for Joe. That respect, you know, say it to us. Fine, we'll tell you back. Probably say worse. Leave the women out of it. Don't tell them to
3: go away. And I just the excuse
0: of we're passionate about hockey. Well, news, newsflash: we have spent over a grand to get here. Do you think we're not passionate? And that's not just us for free. There was everyone was of the same nature with the tickets and the hotel prices. And yeah, it, it did leave a little bit of a bit of taste in the mouth, it's, even though the game was close. It was kind of like you just had the eye on them. You're just expecting what they're going to do next.
2: Yeah, it Fair was. Way. Sorry. Um, go for it. Yeah. um wasn't something I was really expecting to happen. Uh, but, again, like, like I mentioned, uh, with me and Dev going to a Sparta game, uh, behind the sec- behind the goal is always you know the standing section and that's uh, where all the flags are uh, and everything. But, in a game like that, or, or in a tournament like that, sorry, if you've not, you know paid to sit there then you got to respect you know the rules that you can't just call all your, all your mates over and uh, you know get them all to stand with you because then um, obviously there's fans that we have brought that are paid for their tickets there uh, and for obvious reasons you know or, or other reasons can't stand so effectively blocking their view and you know <laughs> especially in, in in the leagues back home if, if you you can't be standing or moving about during the game in play so it's not quite the same over there it's fair enough but you still can't be you know choosing to stand there blocking people's fuel all the game it's just it's ridiculous and it it, it does leave a bit of a, a bit of taste in your mouth to be honest with you because at the end of other day we, we don't really expect this sort of behavior in this sport and uh, obviously it's not something that we're really used to so it's definitely an eye-opener for us, but you know, hopefully, that's just an isolated incident. And going forward, again, if we do go back up in in into the top division, hopefully, that will happen again.
0: I suppose one thing is when you go to these tournaments, you you learn the cultures of other teams and the fan bases, and and you kind of get you know how do they do things. And it's like when we walked around, and everyone was like wanting to know what we was about. It's the same thing. It was like, "On, they wanted to know about our cultures and everything, and how we do hockey in that respect." And yeah, I mean, the, the game itself, Chechia outplayed. We gave everything. We just couldn't match Chechia and there's no shame in that. Um, so we all we walked, I mean, I think we all walked off thinking, "Okay, start the tournament. We've got Norway tomorrow." And then we had Norway. And then we were 3-0 down. And there's a photo of us three that depicts our emotions absolutely superb. Um, Thanks, Joe Scheiss, for sending that across. Um, Because we were sour-faced, like, what the hell's going on here?" Because, I don't know about you guys, at that point, moment in time, A, it weren't a 3-0 game to Norway,
3: actually, we were probably the better side than Norway.
1: We were definitely the better side of Norway. The first, it's pretty much said it all when that first goal went in. It was a well, that was pretty much like the the going thing for us in that tournament. A deflected goal, but it was kind of like a sh- silly defensive blunder that caused that, and then it was like, oh, okay. And obviously, it went two 0 and we're like. Oh, okay. That didn't, I'm pretty sure the second goal that happened, and there was well, I think there was like two roughing penalties as well. The same incident. We're like, hmm, okay, should have called that back maybe, but then it was like, it is what it is. And then they scored the third, and we're like, end of the second, we just sat there like stood. Our place is like, is this really? But we've come to see this and the team that we normally see. Then, third period happened, and the guy that seems to set it all off, Robert Dowd, again, did it in Budapest, did it in against France in Slovakia, starts it off again. And then it was literally about 30 odd seconds later, Perlini scores. We're all jumping about, it's crazy, doing the posing and stuff, and we're like. Come on, let's get this goal. I mean, after the Daly scored, I think, was it Williams that was singing, we're going to win?
0: So what one of them started the chant of, we're going to win 4-3. And then we scored the same, scored the second one. 3-2, we're going to win 4-3. And then Kleenex was sponsoring the third goal because, and, and full respect to this kid, but I thought he had a nosebleed going near his opposite 100%.
1: goal. 100%. Um, <laughs>
0: Mark Richardson gets the equaliser, um, and we just—I mean—I'll bring Andy in this now. And I suppose was that kind of that the moment when we pulled it three all. That that image in your head of this is what's going to be like at the World Champs. That that feeling, that buzz when it went to three all. Was that kind of what you was hoping to have?
2: Yeah, definitely. Having seen obviously that last couple at home. Uh, and then seeing the comeback against France in Slovakia, it was like just for a moment, is it like is this really happening again? Um, and yeah, I, I, like Gress said, it, it just seemed to be a game where you know things start to fall off a little bit at the start and uh, again, the, the curse of the on deflections which I don't understand how a team can have such bad luck as GB over the years with that. that it's just absolutely crazy isn't it? But yeah, you know what? Bad, bad two periods, but a third period just out of this world. And again, I, I don't think there's one person that didn't have visions of uh, GB game against France in in in, in again. Um, but yeah, Richardson scoring that goal was just absolutely insane, uh, especially for, from a defenseman. And then we're thinking, you know, well, if a defenseman can get an equalizer, then. Uh, Staying pretty good stead to maybe win this game out. So, yeah, um, obviously it wasn't meant to be in the end, unfortunate, but it was a great comeback still all the same.
0: We mentioned that there's a photo. and well, what we'll do is when we put this podcast out, we'll then put the photo on social as to what we mean. Um, and then at the equaliser, there's the photo taken by Ian Offers, who was the official photographer for or one of the official photographers for GB and GB Supports Club. Obviously, Dean Woolley is the official photographer um, in out, out of the tournament. But he has the, 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 the GB fans um, underneath the electric um, kind of thing that they could put graphics on, and it says goal. And it's, it's like kind of the three rows of GB fans doing the poisoning. Um And so we were talking to, to John Williams afterwards, and he just like, they're the things that you kind of go when you leave the tournament they're the ones that you'll talk for a long time and that photo for me is, is one of the best ones Um they never took a photo of us in budapest i mean for the grace of god they didn't um especially one particular handbag um and the four pints that went in there's video obviously of there there's video of us after the france win but there's no act a photo a screenshot of a moment and that photo, for me, is a, a classic moment of what you want, what you hope for, what, to get. Because there's no guarantees following any team broad or any team at home, but when you get that moment to have that thing when you've pulled it back and you just think, yeah, it's on. And the atmosphere was incredible. The, 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 the noise level, which in fairness, the noise level throughout that game was good, just went up a few bars
1: after that goal. Yeah. Hey almost winning it as well in overtime. Evan Moser. Yeah, Moser, yeah. So close. Even when Norway won, you saw the looks on the Norway, Norway players of, yeah, we shouldn't have lost. We shouldn't have took it to that one, took it to the, that point. Norway fans, they were hardly cheering. And we're just there cheering our heads off, going, we may have lost, but well done for getting that comeback almost. That game was just unreal. I remember I was just walking back, going, we're not actually used to getting a point this early. Oh my God, that was a cracking game. You kind of left the arena with your chest out a bit, you know, a lot of pride in that
0: performance. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of, before we end it, I'll just say, um, it in the penalty shootout, one of the better penalty shots was taken by a Norwegian player wearing number 85. I'd like to say that that is traditional from players who wear 85 in terms of penalty shots. I can't. However, this was an absolute belt of a penalty shot. One of the best ones, I think, actually um, described in the tournament in terms of the shootouts. Uh, but, but, but for a moment, we said, you know, that's what 85s do. We all know they don't. Um, but as I say, we, you know, we walked out of the reading, Andy, and he's like, yeah. Uh, we Palmers were actually like disappointed because... You felt we kind of gone, let's just take this over time at Thrill, but you thought, we've got our foot on the throat, let's finish the job. We can get a win here, and that's going to make our lives so much easier down the stretch. Um, but you walked out, yeah, a little bit this way, but still, huge amount of pride in what had just happened in that comeback.
2: Yeah, massively. And I think we had that many chances in our time to win it, that it, it just felt like a bit more heartbreaking that we just couldn't find that final touch to to get the last last one in, but at the same time having got a loss but still got a point, I think it gave it was a bit of confidence, uh, in, you know, and it should have given the, the, a lot of confidence in the team to say, well, if if you can do this this early on get a point uh, and come this close against Norway, then surely we've got some pretty good chances against some of the other teams going forward. Uh, and that's all you need a bit of confidence especially when you you know you you got bad bounce after bad bounce all the time and you're playing well but nothing seems to go in your way all you all you need is that just that little bit of confidence going forward and uh, yeah it, it's still a big result for GB and yeah just definitely definitely putting needed and put me in good stead to maybe get a, a good result in the next games going up.
0: So we'll then move on to the third game and we'll we'll go for the next you know Sweden, USA, Finland, and we're thinking a point. We all mentioned it pointless early, this is uncharted territory or nowadays unprecedented. Gotta use that word, do not we? Uh, but then Austria gets a point. And did they beat Chechia in a shootout? And you kind yeah, of go yeah. yeah, and you're kind of going right and that wasn't part of the script. And we're going to face Sweden. And we get comfy and it sings. Wow. <laughs> we get comfy. Oh, We stand up and get comfy. Get singing. Five seconds. Yeah, get stretched. Warm up. Ten seconds. 30 seconds. 1-0. Oh. This is a sign of things to come. End of the first 5-0 Sweden. Uh, ben Baum's Absolute shell shock. They were... We thought Denmark in the pre tournament game were clinical. Wow. This was a different level again. Um... Second and third period, Jackson Whistle played played very well. Uh, pulled off some very good saves. Um, couldn't do anything with the sixth goal. Um, and we had a couple of chances against Sweden. Um, but I think it's fair to say that after that first period where Sweden just absolutely did a job, they took their foot off the gas, controlled the game, showed their quality. And, you know, Sweden are a quality outfit, especially the uh, the riches that they brought in afterwards. Um but yeah, you, know, you watch that first period and you kind of go, you feel a bit in pain of what, just, what happened to your team, but then you go,
1: but this was a very good hockey team, weren't it? Definitely. I'm looking at the statistics for it. End of the first period, Sweden out us, 19 shots to four. It's like, wow. In one respect, I was loving it because of the Sabres players that were playing. With the other respect, I was like, "Can you like go easy on us, please?" This can is. Someone, can someone <laughs> think of the children? <laughs> definitely, someone please think of the children. Um, they definitely took the foot off the gas because the second period, eight shots apiece. It was like eh, we had some chances. Goalie had a bit of a a good stretch and then it's this third period I guess we were kind of tired a little bit Sweden got another goal to make it six 11 shots to four it was yeah I think that gave us like a a proper wake-up call to double a chance and at this level in that group
0: very much so. And and Randy, you know, when you, you're facing, you know, first round draft picks in Rasmus Darling and other, you know, high end talent, that's when you kind of go, when you watch it on TV, you read about it, you see the score lines, you see these teams, and when you see it for your own ends, that's when you go, oh, this is the level then. This is what we're playing, with. this is what we're up against.
2: Yeah, I think we're all, all what's going through our heads was, you know, please don't be double digits, please don't be double digits. Double digits, and it it's it actually sad because Sweden did definitely did take, like Rest said, the foot off the gas. But they did, you know, uh, gives a little bit, a, a little bit of leniency going forward after the first period. But yeah, it's better score than I expected for sure. Um, but again, you just look at the depth of their roster, and it's absolutely crazy the gap between you know what they are compared to what we are there's not ever going to be one result at the end of that but it was just enjoyable to watch you know these nhl nhls play because obviously myself i've not been able to do that before but being able to see these these amazing players playing with my very eyes is just incredible you know they are where they are for a reason and they showed it they were just absolutely clinical in everything they did and how hardly put a foot wrong Especially uh, Magnus Helberg, the goalie, incredible. Got a good shot out, and um, yeah, we had a couple of chances, probably two or three, uh, but we just couldn't really get anything, anything through. Which, which is understandable because, like I said, everything from the offense to the defense to the goalie, absolutely incredible by them. So uh, yeah, you can't really grumble at a score like that. So yeah, it's good.
0: And I'll end that game on two things. A, Helberg had the best pads in the tournament, um, especially when they wore the blue jersey. Um, no discussion. It, that's fact. Um, and that was a shortened bench because then they bring in other NHLers. They brought another goalie over. And some guy who's on a couple of cents a, a, a week called uh, Willie Nylander. Yeah, he's on, he's on a few dollars in, a, a year. Yeah. Probably he's a good a, number. Now that he does, um, not as good as him, as the original 88, let's just say it now, um, but apparently he's a good hockey player, and that, that's kind of the embarrassment of riches that they could bring over, that level of talent, um, I think it was, um, who was it, the, the Boston goal? is it Ulmark, yeah. I want to say?
1: Yeah, Linus Ulmark.
0: That's it, he comes over, Nylander comes over, a couple of us just, you know, yeah, you are doing your NHL, come over. And who could we probably bring over? Someone from, I don't know, Glasgow. No disrespect to Glasgow, but just <laughs> that's your different level um, from Sweden to to the UK, to the GB. So then we move on to the game against America, which I'll say up front, that's the worst American team I've ever seen at a World Championships, and that's what, including watching it on TV. And do you know what? Let's, let's go for gigs. They got scared they brought an NHL goalie in just in time to play us. But I'll tell you something, guys. We have our full strength team. In that first period against America, we're two 0 up, at least. We had four. So if you didn't watch the game, it was Reno really lost. We had four power plays in that first period against America. Not unheard of. We don't get power plays that many. We got one maybe against America, not four. Come, you know, capitalize on any of them, and we all kind of said, "Yeah, this could hurt us." proved it to, but I say it, Griff, we have our full-strength team. We have Kirk, we have Hammond, even Connolly.
1: We score one or two of them power plays. say even three. Because some of the chances we were getting, we just... The players that we had out there, they were all just trying to have pretty passes. Trying to make the pretty play to go in. You get the likes of Kirky and Hammond, and they're actually going to go for the shot rather than the pass most of the times. I mean, they've two players that have got the most goals in that level for us. It's always going to happen. Definitely going out after the first period, we're like, this is going to hurt us bad. And then obviously, second period comes, they get a goal. I'm like, eh, it's only one goal, it's fine. Then they get a second goal in the third, which is uh, one of your guys, Kiefer Bellows. Kiefer Bellows, yeah. On their, power, on their power play. And then obviously, I, re- I think I remember it being a really soft call on Sam Jones.
0: One of many soft calls. I one sure, of we'll many.
3: Talk
1: yeah. about the refereeing um, after we have gone and on the games. Then, and then they score off it, and it's like, oh, come off it. But. I mean, the fact that they even called a penalty with three seconds left in the actual game, we're like, is, did you really need to call that, to be fair? well, no. now. But given, say we had Kirk, Hammond, Connolly in that list, we would have definitely got, I would have thought, at least a point out of that. Because like you said, that was probably one of the worst teams we've seen. USA, like, have out for a good while. I mean, on the way back to our hotel, myself and you were talking about the amount of plays that they actually could have had that have actually hit the 30-goal mark this season. So so we rattled off about six or seven forwards.
0: Mm. Was, was it me, you and Andy? Was in Andy Carr, who was in our hotel. I think we rattled off Possibly. six or seven American forwards who had... um you know, 30 goals or 50, 60 points in the NHL that could, if there was available play for America, would have made them so much better. Um, but they didn't, thankfully, because um, it was only 3-0, but it's It was that was the worst team. And I, Andy, I, so I'll flip back. We got we watched the USA-Canada game in 2019, and we were like, this is USA-Canada, one of the big games in hockey. It was the worst game of hockey we watched that year. Um when you were thinking, when we you go through the teams are playing, you go America, and obviously you'd be an NHL fan. Were you kind of thinking this is going to be something special with the NHLs? And then, what was your kind of your thoughts before then? What were your thoughts during and after the game?
2: Before going out, um, I thought, you know what, there's going to be a lot of uh, NHL players available for this for USA, uh, and they'll put the strongest roster they can out, but then getting there and realising that the most notable player currently when we first got out of there was Seth Jones. No one really else stood out to me. I knew there were so many NHLers in there but none the calibre of Seth Jones has been playing years in the league and I think from then on I was pretty optimistic to be honest with you and then it comes to the game to game day of us and USA and I was just hoping you know what We'll get a point out of this. We'll, we'll get something out of this. And then when I saw on the uh, on the scoreboard that Jeremy Swayman had just been brought in to play this game. That's when I, I said a few choice words on, under my breath. Because if that was Strauss man, I think we'd be able to get a couple past him. So bringing Swayman in, I made a massive difference to him. It made some good saves. Uh, and kept him in the game at, at, at a few points. So... Yeah, it's it's just absolutely gut-wrenching that teams can bring in players while tournaments still going. Imagine if that was a rule that they couldn't do that. I think we'd have a, a pretty good chance, actually, with some of the teams that we play against. And I hope well, that does become a rule in the future. Well, the rule is, is you, you name your full 25, that's it. Mm. But nations
0: like USA, Canada, Sweden, Finland, they'll probably announce 19-20... Wait for those, or um, when they were allowed to play Russia, they'll wait for those who get knocked out in the first round, and then they'll fill the roster up. So it's they look like let's say when we played Sweden, they only played they only had nineteen players, so they actually played short bench by definition of a full lineup, knowing full well that after the first round of the NHL playoffs, players could be available, may want to play and come over, and they did, and they brought in four or five players over. So. It's a risk. So GB can't. So we take a full 25. Um, maybe next year we may go 24, 23. I don't know what if it's say number 1A, but um, and hope that Kirk can come over. However, you know, that the rule wasn't broken in that respect. It's, but they, they take the risk on a short bench and then hope, like I said, Swayman comes over. And I think a couple of overs came over for America. And that's the risk of the tech in having the short bench start-off. But you're absolutely right. I- I'm with you on that one. But as soon as it was swimming and going, you're like... Because we watched... Because I know you watched it somewhere else, but we watched the, the Finland-USA game. And I know me and Griff looked at you and goes, is he meant to be, like, a decent-level goalie? Because the barely goalies make saves and actually save the type of shots that he will let in. Um, and it's definitely, absolutely, you know, I don't think we'll ever have a chance to go. We could have beat America in hockey.
3: May not be for a long, long time that we have that, that opportunity again. But again,
0: it's it's kind of, and again, Andy, I'll go back to you in terms of it's, it's them storylines that you see in your head when you go to the world champs, when you go to the top level. Because it's oh, well and having, you know, and no disrespect to countries I mentioned when you're playing Romania, Holland, Estonia, Lithuania, apart from the one year they had their NHL. Um but when you're playing Czechia, Sweden, USA, and the, the big nations and the storylines in your mind going, you know, could we do that fairy tale victory? And I say I don't like you, mate, but especially with that team the performance they had so far, you were thinking it, it's on. This, this could happen and be a legit result.
2: Still so that USA game. Uh, is is when we got our first power play, I was, that that hope came to me a little bit. Then the second one happened. Then the third. Then the fourth. And we couldn't capitalize on any. It, it was it was heartbreaking because again, if we had Kirk, and Connolly there, I'm sure I'm sure they'd have at least bang a couple of those in and give us a chance. So again, it, it, it's not it's it's a mix between gutting and pride really because the gutting part of it is realizing that you know we, we were two, three healthy healthy players away from possibly beating this team but then the pride sets in in the score because it was 3-0 and I don't think we've ever come so close in a scoreline with the USA before so that pride does set in a lot more then because 3-0 is a very respectable score against USA um, but yeah just, just again it's one of those things isn't it with a full roster we, we could take them on absolutely easy I said that roster.
0: I'd maybe not be the one in 2019, but that roster, I fully agree with you, mate. Um, So then we move on to the next game, and we play the hosts. Final score was 6-0. And Gref mentioned this earlier with the Norway game. But I don't know about you, mate. That didn't feel like a 6-0 loss. When you have four goals that have come off your own player. When you are playing against the number one ranked side, the current Olympic champions in their own barn. You want some puck, look, and we got absolutely nothing whatsoever, did we?
1: Absolutely nothing. It was, I think we, we both mentioned each other during the game. I think it was like in the third, we're like, this is deflating this. we. they've got four goals and they've got like. All four of them have actually come off our own guys' like skate or stick or shin pad or something. It was like, come on, hockey gods. Give us something. I think that's probably the one game as well where we only just made it to double digits in shots. Only just. We got mm-hmm. 10 shots in 60 minutes. That's just showing how defensively good Finland was. Oh, their, their structure was out, was outstanding.
0: Um, so the only one good goal was um, uh, Filipula. Um, I think that was the fifth goal uh, against us. The latest member of the, the triple goal club. Um, but yeah, it was just like you just seeing the replay and just go, oh come on! I mean, and, and it's not when we're saying this. It's not like the guys were purposely making deflections. They, they they're doing their damnedest to try and block everything. You know, let's when you've heard us so far, this is not a criticism of the effort that the team gave. The team gave everything they could and more. But when you just need a bit of luck, there were just none on our side. Um, and I say we mentioned the, the concourse before during the game, Andy. Um, but I don't know about you, with the amount of people in there. I found the atmosphere very weird. And they only got excited on two times, excluding the goals. One, for the Mexican Wave. And two, when they spent time in our zone. And they just start clapping and clapping and clapping. And I, I for me, I'm thinking, they'll, they'll make some noise. They'll get, I mean, they had the flags, they had the colour. Um, I mentioned the one thing that blew me away in terms of the presentation thing. But I don't know what you, Andy, I just felt the atmosphere was a bit weird for a building that was borderline full.
2: Yeah, it was a little. Um it's it's hard to say uh, as to why that is, maybe they were you know, they were a bit disappointed in the team's performance, but maybe they weren't, you know, uh playing how they thought that they would do against a team like us. Um again, <laughs> without those four deflections, that's that's a two 0 game that's a 2-0 game and I think maybe somehow they knew that they were getting lucky in parts and actually they weren't being as clinical as as what, you know, the wanted the team to be, Some that's the only reason why I can think it was like that, but for the other games they were were really into it, um, so it's, it's really hard to say really, but for a barn like that absolutely false, especially watching the, um, the final on, on TV. Yeah, just a complete contrast.
0: Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, and for those who are of an old generation, um, the current Finnish head coach is Juka Jalonen, who those more well, mine and grass generation uh, and older than us, uh, remember him being the coach of the Newcastle Jesters um, back in the Super League year. So a um, little bit of an upgrade from uh, the Newcastle Arena to... Uh, the Nokia. Um, but yeah, go off. I mean, like we mentioned, we, we, we could harp on about the the puck look and everything. But the one thing I, I, that blew me away, and I don't know how they did it, but they just seemed to everyone wear their white jersey. And I've said many times, before, I hate white jerseys. I just think they're boring ads. But from where the GB fans were, it felt like we were just seeing... The whiteout in Winnipeg, and it weren't just the bottom bowl, it was the top bowl. Everywhere was just like, Oh, this is like what it's like in Winnipeg, and it was just it was outstanding. I just felt it. Add, I suppose the vocal side of the atmosphere was poor, that side of things just make just added a different dimension to it.
1: Certainly, added a different dimension. The only other good thing in there was uh, how. The all oh, well, all the fans got into when the referee dance cam thing came on. Oh, we'll mention the dance cam <laughs> later on. That's definitely but, to mention, but yeah, it, it was. Oh, and they, every so often they just chant "Sulmer," and that was probably about it. It was. Kind of expected more. Kind of expected like the atmosphere that we had against Slovakia, but. I'll take that considering what we went, we lost 6 0. So I'll still take
0: that. Absolutely. So, five games down, one point. And we're now looking at the wrong side of the barrel, going, we could do with a couple of good results going our way, including against Latvia. And last time we played Latvia was the Olympic qualifiers, and they beat us somewhat like 5 6 1. Weren't expecting much. Or so we thought. Because this is where we've gone from start of the tournament, great comeback, reality check, to the heartbreak of the tournament. 3-1 um, up in the third.
3: And lose 4-3. Um,
0: and I'll, I'll open it up um to to everybody Um, Did anybody expect us to be 3-1 up against Latvia? Certainly not, no
1: Definitely not I definitely didn't expect us to be chasing out uh, An NHL caliber netminder Elvis, yeah 4.7 million dollars a year And
0: we chased him out (laughs)
2: And
0: And I say this respectfully but given it was his first goal, and what a goal it were. It was Lewis Hook.
3: Sniped it top shelf. And you're like,
0: this is dream world. This is what the what's happening here? Um, and we mentioned Gref mentioned slightly the, the fans. I felt that their fans were better organized, I'm not saying better behaved, and we'll not venture on the reasons why. For good reason, it's one of them. If you were there, you know, and I appreciate it. I
2: just okay. say that
0: I, I appreciate it's kind of a you know, that well, why don't you tell us it's pretty damn good reasons why we can't really say it, um, without the full proof. Um, but yeah, if the security saw that, it'd be very interesting. But no one expected 3 1, and we're all there through, thinking this is the points that we could just give us that breathing space for tomorrow night. And and then they they come back and it was just heartbreaking.
3: It was
1: incredibly heartbreaking. I mean well getting that first goal, we're all like buzzing, jumping around, singing we're not shut out anymore after being shut out for three games. And then getting another goal. I mean, Cade Nelson's first goal, so we're all cheering for him even more. So, and obviously obviously seeing Lewis Hook get his first goal for GB as well, cheer some more. And it's like it goes three two, and you're like, yeah, it's fine, nothing to, nothing to like really worry about. And then a delay of game call, a delay in the game. Penalty gets called, and you're like, oh, no, this is going to happen, isn't it? It happens. Power play goal for Latvia, 3-0. Then a wonderful hit by the captain. And he gets called for clipping. You're like, you what? And then they score off it. You're like, oh, come on, really? But it just felt like it was going all well, and then... Nothing was going to go our way. It felt like that. And then you just like, great, this is something we really needed. Even a point. It's like, yeah, get a point. That'll be fine.
0: I watched that hit again. And I stand by what I said to you. That was perfect. A colleague, a friend of ours, was to be honest, goes, no, he's led with his foot. I disagreed. I, I felt the hit was good. Um, one thing that a fair few people online said that screwed us over was the retaliation from Conway. So, for those who didn't see it, Jonathan Phillips lays out his great hip check, and it is a great hip check. One of their guys, and I think he actually memory says right, and I could be wrong here, so I'll, I'll leave that open there. Off the bench, retaliates, cross checks him from behind, and then Conway goes, Not to our captain. So, Phillips is called, this guy is called. Conway's called. And yeah, that hurt us in the end. Oh, no, no, they, sorry, I'll tell you I don't think they scored on that power play. They scored another one. But I had no problem with that. Because when some moron cross-checks your captain from behind, you don't allow that to go uncommented. Even at that level, you have to make a statement. You don't do that to our captain. Because if the answer this. A friend of mine messaged, a friend of the podcast, Chris Love, was like, hang on, that was from behind. If, if you really want to go to the letter, you could easily go, well, that's five game for the Latvian guy. So I, I, I had no problem with that. Um, and yeah, I mean, I still haven't... I've seen the hit, but I've not seen the delay of the game. Because I said, I, I felt my head, was like, Earhart's losing his footing, which really would have hurt but if he didn't. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. Because none of us, no one was like, we well, didn't want him on the team. But he got there and in fairness, overall, he did a, had a good tournament to his normal play. But it was getting Andy. It was, it was just heartbreaking to how close we were, how hard we worked to just then allow things and fall into their trap, if we're honest, to get drawn into penalty after penalty. And, and how should I phrase this? It's, teams from that part of the world, they are good at drawing you into making and taking the penalties. Um, I'm not saying that there was any diving going off. Um, the guy who died after the Phillips hit was skating within a minute and a half, uh, however. Um, it was just heartbreaking to, to be that close to getting three points or even take it to overtime to then have nothing.
2: You know what, I've I've never at one point in any game that I've watched or played where I've literally thought, you know what the the, the officiating has lost us this game because if that it on on phillips wasn't called or if some of the absolute worldies of a tom daly-esque dives that they were pulling off didn't get called then we would have won that game three two and just absolutely heartbreaking that it comes to you know officiating deciding the game because let's be honest our PK wasn't the best in this tournament, but everyone else's power play just seemed to be absolutely out of this world for some reason. Uh, and pretty much every power play that teams teams had, to scored against us. But that just shows the caliber of their special teams. There's a massive difference be- between us both, and and that that lost it for us. I I, I just can't understand how that hit would be called in the first place. I mean, Davy Phillips did one similar to Alexandre Texier uh, against France in in, in Kisitza, and that was a perfectly good hit. And I did not see any difference to that hit compared to the one that Jano did. So no idea why that was called. And then obviously after that, the diving started, the crying, the whining started. I've never, I've never seen a team whine so much for something. Oh, just embarrassing, absolutely embarrassing. Should be ashamed themselves, and they I agree. Not, with they that. didn't deserve to win that game.
0: I agree with you in terms of the bows. But I mean, this is a team that should, on their skill set, easily beat GB. And there's no shame in saying that. But again, they probably walked into going, yeah, easy points. But we made them work hard, and yes, that's when you know that you know the dark arts of hockey are called up to play, and that's when you saw many times um and yeah you just you walked out going, again opportunity lost but some of the calls were just yeah for me i felt they called the reaction from the bench and the crowd on that hit because the guy he, he, I, the way he was spoiled out i thought he was about to retire and yeah me people this is me go it's an re- re- um, exaggeration but no it was just every time it's like
2: I he Looked, looked like seriously it. hurt as well, didn't he? He Looked, he looked, oh, he looked in he looked a really like bad way. Then one minute later, is out on the bloody ice? It just he doesn't... looked like he was out like a tournament. I know they only had one more game, but he looked like he was
0: done. And then two minutes later, he's skating around like no happen. It's like, come on, guys. But that's the experience as well. Kind of you look at it from that perspective. Uh, I said, we'll, we'll I'll go to to Gref. Um, again, that you know, we, we kind of was we we said from like before the first five games like we just kept dumping and chasing like shoot when you get the zone take the hits or make the hits you know create pressure when you get there go for it and if it's just a case of shoot always well, saves it freeze it you're still in the zone and it felt like they started doing that and the results were you know we were getting the goals and we're getting the, the chances and that's when Latvia really started to panic
1: definitely we were like saying well the first other games were like, we're not like throwing ourselves at them. They're throwing themselves at us. They're putting two players on one person at any one time, shooting even when they've not really got a proper shot on. Why are we doing this? We should really be doing this because they're capitalising on it. Then we started doing it. I'm pretty sure, like I think it was one of the goals, at least, came from it. Or at least, well, yeah. Cause someone shot in. Mosey got the puck, went round the net, passed it across, Perlina, back door in the net. And It was like that's brilliant. It was working. And yeah, some of the play acting came into play, and then I said that as soon as we came out the the arena, that hit the Carl and Jono is called the reaction not the actual hit it was it was quite ridiculous and people may say we're we're biased because we were GB fans but we may be GB fans but we're also hockey fans we'll watch pretty much any game going we play this sport as well so we we're going to know pretty well especially following it for so long you know, you're going to know your stuff. And it's like, come on now. It was kind of horrendous. And it was coming out of the arena and you're like, that's kind of just, that's really disappointing. That's points dropped. We really do need to win now in regulation. No, it's what's our maybes.
0: So, you know, so we you've done the sixth game and you go to game 7 of the tournament and it was a game 7 by definition in in terms of the playoffs um, and like gref said we we'd watched
3: we'd watched austria latvia the night before and we're like
0: don't just do so overtime don't just do so overtime it we went to overtime again like gref says it then makes the the job harder and It's a regulation win against Austria. And again, the last time we played Austria at the Worlds, I think they beat us 4-5 now. But that was in Innsbruck about 2006. thousand have been playing them for a long time.
3: And the same thing happened. 3-1 up. In the third. That's it. Hold on to this. Close the game down. And we're back at the top table next year. 3-2, 3-3, 4-3, 3 2. 3 3. 4 3. And then the empty net 5 3.
0: Austria in that game turns up for eight minutes. Stars off relegation. And Great Britain gets relegated to 1A. Three years at the top table. Um, we'll not go on to the performance per se in terms of how individuals play. We'll just. Apart from the obvious sickening, what was, what was your guys' thoughts on and after that game?
2: Uh, well, rc three went up. Uh, you're thinking pretty confident. Uh, We could get, get a good result out of this. We, we could stay up. Um, Unlike a lot, a lot of the other teams there, there's not really any notable players. Uh, There's not really anybody at the NHL level. Uh, There's some good players in in the uh, better home ice hockey league, which which is their home league. But no one really stands out apart from Thomas Raffle, I believe. There was not really anyone else that, to me, Nico, stood out anyway. Nico the played. Oh, Feldner, yeah, yeah. Apologies, uh, Feldner played uh, for Austria. Um, the apart, apart from those two, didn't you know? Didn't think twice about about any any other player, and. I don't know what happened, just, just I just think the wheels fell off, really um uh, just it was just one game too far um, a lot of mistakes, goals that I shouldn't have gone in whatsoever again i'm I'm not gonna say individuals but, but just as a unit defensively just just absolutely collapsed absolutely just crashed, and it, it was it was heartbreaking, I mean, knowing where we're pretty comfortably up. But it, it was like they, they didn't know how to, once they got a league at this level, they didn't know how to keep it. They were like, well, we've got a league, but what, what do we do now? <laughs> and you just think to yourself, we've lost because we're not used to being there to leading in in this group. It's it's always come from coming from behind or oh, nothing at all. It's always a hard way for GB, but. there's just no words, it's a really we just. Just didn't really turn up in that third period. Not much else to say really.
1: There's also a uh, Marco Casper plays for regular in the shl and is in like the top 20 ranked players to go in the nhl draft this season he was on the way in the cage ah yeah yeah. but apart from that spot on it was i remember when it went 3-3 and you could see i definitely didn't you could see around pretty much everyone else the jerseys just went a little bit high towards like their face and you're thinking, No, please not another repeat performance of last night. Please no. And then the fourth went in. Jerseys definitely went over your head thinking This is it, isn't it? It's this is it really, isn't it? And then I think like the tone of like the whole G V fans just went a bit silent. You could actually hear the Austria fans for once and then the internet goal went in and you're like well it's been fun at least next year should be cheaper it's literally the first thing you think you think of <laughs> <Did> you? <laughs> considering tamper and riga was getting there well we didn't know at the time but they were the only ones that vote, uh, applied for it you think, yeah, it'd be cheaper at least. No, and then obviously we found out what we found out when we came home, and then it was you are thinking definitely save some money now. It was when we walked outside. You could just see it on all the GB fans' faces. You just there, like, what? Can, what can we say? Just sad and obviously Austrian fans chant along go past us and I guess I said a few choice words not to them because I tried to walk away from them and they were coming towards me and I looked up and thinking, will you please just go away
0: (laughs) because that's exactly what you said Gareth yep (laughs) we know we're serious when we're saying Gareth um, oh yeah. <laughs> I'll say now the ones that came to me, they actually was kind of, they was not gloating. It was, it was actually kind of a, you know what, good luck next year, come back, we see you in twenty twenty four. I, I, I I'm like you know what, thank you, your sentiment's great. I just felt sick. I'd start watching the national team the year after they got relegated. So I've never been to one where they've been relegated. But you're looking around and you're just like, wow, this hurts. You know, you've got, and we'll touch on it before we move on to a different bit of the podcast. It's like, there's like 300, nearly two to 300 fans that have come over. And it's not been cheap. But some trips are cheap. This isn't a cheap trip. So that many fans. And you just, you're looking around and you're just like, they just, you could... It was just silence. Yeah? Yeah. There were the chance of... Brits we're, were proud of you. And in the elements, yes. Proud of how they've performed at that level. Disappointing that there's a loss and disappointing of the relegation. But that was it. And normally... And Graf's been to a few, and even i have now seen your first one. There's, there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of even... Afterwards, It's it carries on, but there was just nothing. It was just... Oh. Empty faces, empty reactions, and just a lot of sad faces. And even some of the, the, the Finnish people that had gone to that game, and there was one that we got talking to, um, a guy called Ari. And he's like, he'd messaged after, he messaged us like, I was I was going to say say goodbye to you a lot, but I didn't think it would be worth anything, because I just saw all your fans' reactions. They were just like, just upset. And... Although we did say it was very difficult to stay up, I think Gref's got the nail on the head of this one. It's the heartbreak of that section, but not the same again 24 hours later. Just not again. Just don't do it to us again. And it did, and it's just... It's just, wow. And, 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 you know, you're trying to put into words just the, the feeling, but... I mean, so we walked, we walked back to the to the um, the cheaper bar and it was a bit after the final, was obviously after tournaments you get to see the players, if you want photos if you talk to them and they get the, the GB Sports Club awards um, and I know you guys walked on a bit in front of us and afterwards I kind of went, you know what? I'm absolutely good We definitely definitely won a few beers even at their prices but Then it's like, do you know what for a second, we've I use the word blessed, to play hockey at the top level in probably one of the top 10 European cities for hockey, in probably one of the best buildings in Europe for hockey. And we've had that opportunity. We've had that chance by staying up at the World Championships, by actually earning the right to be there. And, yeah, the relegation stings, and it still does, if I'm honest with you, because of the chance we had to get points To stay up and again this is not a knock on the players Because the effort was second to none But you then go
3: Actually do you know what We're the lucky ones
0: Because there'll be some teams that'll never get to play At that arena, at that level We have Now hopefully in two years time We'll get promoted next year we'll go back to level But to have that shot At playing hockey in that building Or watching hockey in that building I say playing on the, the national side, but watching it in that building, you kind of go, actually, you know what? Yeah.
3: Sad be relegated, and it is sad. But how good was that?
0: You know, we, GB have played in some dingy rinks over the years at World Championships, but not in temporary. That's far from a dingy rink. That's, again, I say, one of the best in Europe. We got the chance to play there. So, kind of when you kind of, if you can park the relegation a bit to a side, and it's difficult because, say, even now, when we're talking about, it, I'm like, still the anguish of, of going through that last period. And I don't know if it's just me kind of overthinking that element of it, but I don't know what you guys think, but it's like, no, no, we actually, we've just played a tournament in somewhere very, very special. We don't have the NHL over here, but that building was as close to NHL as we'll get. There's probably three or four buildings in Europe. That will match nhl in terms of size in terms of structure
1: and the nokia arena was one of them the fact that we actually got to watch gb again in person at such a great arena as well that just, yeah. you think of yeah this stings a hell of a lot but we are definitely one of the lucky ones yeah think, it, sorry. I think it's gonna say you just you try and then think of like the good things that's happened out of this just try and make you feel a a lot better than how you actually felt ten fifteen minutes ago so you did you think of then the good things and you like, you know what I'll think positive about all this I'll get the the positive vibes, the good vibes positive vibes only definitely.
2: <laughs> Andy, you know, yeah, it. I've I've got I've got to agree with that to a point. Um, you know, Tampa is a great hockey city, one of the best arenas in in Europe, if if not you no know, elsewhere. But for my first one, um, obviously, regardless of the prices, um, I think I am pretty happy that it was there and. Uh, and not really anywhere else, because, you know, you, it, it's usually potluck when it comes to rinks and all that. Because we saw Helsinki, um, obviously the Hartwall, not in, in use because it's Russian-owned. Uh, so they are using the uh, Helsinki ice Hall, And although it's it's an historic arena, it's not a patch on the Nokia arena. Uh, in fact, me and my mum, we went to uh, Helsinki for the day. And going there, it, it felt a bit like... I don't know yeah it's nice places Helsinki there's nice parts like the uh the port and the boat tour area the the church is really nice but as soon as you get out of that railway station it's it's like any any other capital city you know there's lots of people about uh but it's, it's also quite rustic and a bit dingy i suppose you could use that so I I was very happy that, you know, GB were in were in Tampa and not Helsinki because Tampa is a lot more of a I don't know, just, just a nicer place to be to be honest with you. So I, I think I, we have got lucky in, in terms of where we were. But yeah, just gutted. And I think it was the fact that we were up, you know, comfortably against a team that we probably probably on paper should have beat. But just losing in that way uh, is, is heartbreaking. There's no there's no other way for it. You know, just there's just no, still not much words you can really get from it because of how, how horrible it was. But hopefully, you know, um, get promotion next year and hopefully we'll, we'll be in Prague and uh, not Strava because Prague is an amazing city as well, probably better than Tamper because there's just a lot more stuff to do, and it's cheap, of course, about one pound fifty for for a pint. So yeah, can't really go wrong with that. So definitely would love to go back to Prague again. So hope, hopefully, fingers crossed, we get promoted again next year.
0: Well, I think we're doing the wreck in Prague in January next year. Um, but I agree. With you. I don't. I think also in terms of Helsinki, I don't think it helped that the national team weren't there. Yeah. i can imagine if the national team was based in terms of their group games in helsinki i think it'd be a lot more um sort of atmospheric if that makes any sense
2: yeah it it wasn't because it amount of people it, it it was just you know as soon as you got a the station there was nothing really there you obviously you like you like a little shopping center and a, a donald's and that but there wasn't really anything there like like there in time you got yeah a train station and it's like a a modern sort of metropolis. It's it's not like that now, I think. You've got to go to certain parts to, you know, to get to the the good sights of it.
0: So you couldn't go on a scooter to get out the train station.
2: Is that what you're saying, Matt? You could actually, but um, oh. at, that, at that point, I wasn't quite ready to uh, <laughs> take it to the streets. But
0: we'll, we'll move on to that one later, on, don't worry. Um, oh God, it's not just you that went on the scooter today, don't worry. Um, I suppose before we go on to like the individual players type things, there's a few players that you kind of went, "Wow, great tournament!" And yes, we could be accused of a bit of bias in this section, but I thought our fans were outstanding throughout the tournament. And with a couple of games where there was a lot of, as we've already mentioned, um, aggressive atmosphere towards us, I thought the noise, especially that game against Austria, um, there was a couple of Facebook group messages saying, "Look, come on, let's let's be that sixth man, the uh, seventh man." Sorry, and I felt, yes, we did. And I felt, I felt throughout the tournament, I felt the GB fans. You know, I know Kiefer Bellows in an interview said, "Well, wow, their fans." Different level, number of teams have mentioned it. the number of the fans that we walk on going, So your fans are great. Um, number of times people like, You know, let's go when you see them in the first game, right? Let's get tickets for their game later on because we want to be again part of that atmosphere. But I thought our fans, as normal, were and a, a credit to the to the team and, and represented you know British ice hockey well, but noise wise, yeah, really, you know, did, did the utmost best to um, to give the team an atmosphere, which sometimes in buildings like that, especially like against Finland, it's difficult, but effort and, and just attempt from start to finish was there.
1: I very much agreed there, Ian. Pretty sure at one point as well, one of the games, like we did in Slovakia, we had another team's drummer come over and jump with us it was the one of the Czech ones so I, one of the good ones came over started juggling with us getting involved you had finished during non-finished games you had their fans coming over getting photos videos chanting along with us it was well i think we on that ground we definitely did ourselves proud Shown that we're not like how the country itself is built out to be in sporting events. Not hooligans. We're there to have a have a laugh, have a party, and support our team in the correct way.
2: Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, GA fans are themselves. You know, there's, there's not there's not any other fan base at all. That'll happily sing throughout the whole game, even when even when they're six, seven, eight, even ten nil down against certain teams. So just absolute credit to themselves, you know. Uh, and we know that we're not got one of the best teams in the world, but we're here, and and we're happy to be here. Uh, and that's basically the the message that we, you know, or I believe needs to be sent out there. Is that no matter what we are proud for what this team has achieved in 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 the last last six seven eight years uh it's incredible to get to this point and obviously we want to stay there unfortunately it's not to be this year but you know what it, it was to so say that, that we can't come back you know um in two years time and and have another three four five year crack at it uh hopefully that'll be the case but no matter what gb have one of the best Supports in the world in, in terms of sports uh obviously not not the numbers that maybe other countries would bring but tell you what they're certainly drowned out a lot of a lot of other uh supporters even even for most most of the parts of the finland game when when uh, the host weren't cheering so much it was all gb noise and this is what's going to get noticed you know <laughs> you're not going to get an nhl player who's you know Going to turn down a contract to come to the UK because of the noise, but because of the noise that the fans make. But it it gets some notice and, and it gets British hockey noticed, and and that's what needs to be more of because we're not a hockey country specifically or especially, but we want to to get people to know that you know, hockey does exist in this country and it is a it is a very decent level. Uh, and that's just a message, really. And obviously, when it's relaying to, to the NHL players themselves, it's it's fantastic. It's 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 the um, it's notice that we need is is become more of a hockey uh, loved country. It's 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 just a notice, and hopefully that'll get stronger and stronger in in the coming years.
0: I, I fully agree in, in, in the aspects you were saying there, mate. Um, and before we kind of move on from the fans to the individual players, I think it would to be fair to to give praise to um, Alan, Annette, Leanne, uh, and the rest of the GB support Committee. They did a lot of the logistic organising of tickets in the hotels, and I know all three of us benefited from their services, for a better phrase. Um, but as someone I've, as from years ago, been involved, uh, a domestic so suppose you know the logistics can be very tough very um difficult domestically so when you're dealing internationally uh, and some of the changes you've got to do this you got to get that if you want this you've got to do this that and the other they, it was absolutely um we went to the trip we didn't have an effort sometimes you feel you go to something oh you know, you've got to do this you got to do that now it was done it was organized you sorted yourself in aspects where you should do but they are they are a credit That's, they, they do a lot of good work um, that's unnoticed. So I think it's only fair that um, we we give them their the dues in terms of, you know, thank you very much. And, we'll you know, we'll try and get them on. Because I think when Joe gets off IR, he'll he'll want to throw his uh, thoughts into the World Championship. So we'll try and get them on an interview, um, give them a platform that they deserve, if you're bluntly honest. Um, and bear in mind, Great Britain is the only nation in the double IHF family that has a support club. Not Sweden, not Finland, no one else. Great Britain, the only one. And it's recognised by the Double as well. So they do a lot of hard work and uh, it's gratitude from us and many others us who've used their services uh, this year and the years before. So thank you um, to you guys. Uh, it's very much appreciated. We talked about the players and there's one player that we mentioned when the squad was announced. We're going, what's he doing there? You know, that, that he you know, could do something. He's got a decent scoring pedigree where he's from. And we're now sitting, that's why he was picked. Um, and he's got a bit of character, unlike his father. Um, Cade Nielsen, um, five points in the tournament. Um, the top three from the app, the Dubai Chef app, was Cade Nielsen, Brett Pellini, four points, Matthew Myers, two points. But who don't love to see Matthew Myers in the in in list in that respect? But Kane Nielsen, we all said, kind of, this could be a bit of a wild card pick. Certainly not. was we're flying from Helsinki, we're like, no, this weren't a wild card pick.
1: This was a good selection. It was a great selection, I'd say. I think he even got the GB Supporters Club player of, play of the tournament. Yeah. You just... Straight away, you just saw it. You're like, you're thinking, uh, eh, we've not really seen him play. Stats look great, but all we've seen, what, a few on the 20s games? Eh, let's see what he can do. And you watch him, you're like, okay, yes, you can, the future is definitely bright for your spot. And you're thinking, ooh, imagine him on the same line as, like, your Kirks, your Hammond, your or even Hammond, Hammond, Cade, Dowder. You're thinking, oh, they could do some really good damage on the international level. And at the top level as well. Definitely. And then, shows what kind of a person he is on his birthday as well, and he goes, I want to take that next penalty shot against Norway. And it's like, yeah, Oh okay, see what you can do. Like yeah, you may if you miss it, we've lost. But fair play to you for stepping up. You you showing you're a team guy. That I think that's probably one of the probably one of the like, one of the best. say one of the best like was it rookie starts, first GB camp and. At the senior level, and you're just wild by everyone. You're like, "Wow, yeah, what a guy!" And then there's always the talks. Oh, I love to see him in the elite league. And then you're thinking, "No, keep him as far away from the elite league for the time being. Very keep much. him up to that good level of playing. Go, go North
0: America, good, good, good go level Europe. Don't come to the league until it's in your career." No, I fully agree. So, all Sheffield fans, oh, we need to Nielsen. No, we don't. Let him progress. We don't want to see him. No, we don't want him in Sheffield. Not saying he's not going to, but he's going to progress and he's going to progress so far in the North American programmes, in decent European League programmes, just not the Elite League. Um, Andy, you know, you you look at some of the youngsters that we mentioned, Kay Nielsen, um, you look at some of the other younger guys that played. And we've mentioned that there's the fear of who's gonna replace X, Y, and Z. And I feel that they're gonna have one crack to get them to get the national side back to the worlds. But it does actually look that there's a few players that could actually go I'll put my hand up, I'm taking this spot. And you've seen Cade. And we've mentioned I know you mentioned a fair few when we were drafting our selection. And it just, it just actually looks like we've got some people that they may not be at, let's say, a Phillips standard now or a Myers standard now or a Richardson standard now. But we've got a couple of players, and a few players, sorry, that's actually coming through the system We go, these may take that spot. And we may actually not have that much to be worried about.
2: Yeah, when it was announced that Kirk, Hammond and Conley would miss a tournament, You immediately go for roster thinking who's going to take the slack out of you know or who's going to fill the shoes of those people as best as possible and you wouldn't immediately think someone like Nielsen but watching him play it was just like he he belonged to be at this level uh every play he was chasing down he was in for every challenge and he just got stuck in put one hell of a shift in Came back out again and, and did the exact same thing definitely one of the surprises uh, of, of a team for me this year and a, a very great pick to, to include him and it it does make you think about how many other players there are similar to him out there that are playing overseas that have been born in, in the uk because there's definitely a few because I, I did look a while ago uh and there are quite a few out there so if K can come through, then surely there'll be other people in the future and just absolutely surprised by him. You know, he was, he was outstanding every shift, Couldn't, can't fault him for anything and to get his first point on his birthday must have been an amazing sort of thing for his career, uh, an amazing confidence boost as well. And, and that shows towards towards the end stage of the tournament, where he's getting he's getting his goals, um, he, he's getting that time that you know he he's deserved, and he's he's one of the absolute you could say gems that uh, the the up and coming player that can really make a difference uh, for Great Britain. But as everyone said, and it, it is sad to say it, but the British need to stay abroad because that's the only way they're going to develop they're not going to get the opportunity over here which is sad and i think awful to be honest with you but it is what it is at the end of the day you know so if you if you're lucky enough to be able to uh sign a contract in europe or north america stay there as long as you can because that's the only way you're going to get better as a player and uh i've i've heard that he signed a contract in the ncaa so that's a great that's a great stepping stone for him if he does well in that he, he could even be in the ECHL AHL eventually and, and and that's great and we need more players like that but the only way they're going to de- get the development and the time and let say the um the trust I suppose so they're only going to get that trust overseas it's not going to happen over here and I can just imagine him with with Kirky, with Hammond, with Connolly. They're already players that are gonna, you know, step up next year if they're available. That is, and one of the ones that are gonna be able to replace one of the one of the older guys. So it, it, it's a very bright thing to see uh, and a very massive positive to take away from this tournament. And uh, hopefully it, it does well in the NCAA and uh, it just gets stronger from there.
0: Very much so. And you, you, you look at Kirk, Hammond, Nielsen, Dowd, and other parts of the puzzle that can go into there. You think that's a very good top six. It may not be the very best at the World Champs top six, but that's going to be a top six that will compete um, with teams. So as, before we move on to the funnier side of, of the pod that we're going to go on to, well, I suppose it's been very uh, amiss of us not to mention two. Uh, humongous milestones um, during the World Championships. We'll start with Mark Richardson joining the hundred club. Uh, he got his 100th cap against Austria. Not the best game to get it, however. Um, it was good of Jonathan Phillips to do what he did with. Matt Myers got his 100th cap and give the captaincy to, uh, to Mark Richardson. So uh, congratulations, Mark. Um, great servant to the national programme. Uh, very reliable player for club and country. We mentioned John Phillips. He's now the all-time record cap holder. I think he's now 112. Um, it was 111, I think, against Latvia. Uh, memory says, right, so it's 112 um, against Austria. There's no other player that's had more caps. Um, so briefly, guys, we're talking about two legends of the game for the national programme. Um, you know, Mark Richardson, every rival, and you just say the captain. It's obviously not the same power terms the skill set when you go in Manhattan, you say the captain think Messier, you talk the captain, Great Britain, you just think
1: Phillips. Great servants to the national programme. Definitely. I see. Oh, we're thinking, okay, well, Richie's Rich going to get his 100th cap against Latvia. And then you see him out injured and you're like, okay, so hopefully then it's Austria. What a game that'll be. Yeah, we know where that ended, but still, it was like, what For out of all the players to get that, definitely deserved it. To get the hundred caps, and then obviously, Jonna getting get the the most caps for a GB player. And I think what is he like nine caps or something away from all time. Of every country, I
0: think
3: he's
1: nine or ten caps. Yeah, the Swiss guy who got his the record cap appearance at this
0: World Championships, I think he's nine or ten caps behind, um, which he probably won't catch up with, um, but even still, to be in that bracket of cap holding in the world game, it's, I don't know what you think, Andy. It's just, it's crazy to think that a Great Britain player can. Be in them same circles, um, but you know, just a great, probably the greatest captain for GB,
2: without a doubt. I mean, he's he's proved this for club, for GB as well. That he he's a, he's a natural leader, he's a born leader, and I'm I'm pretty sure myself and 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 yourself, Dave. Remember his first year uh, in in Sheffield. Uh, none of us, I don't think, knew that he, he would be going at going on forty years old, especially in in, in the shape that he, he keeps himself in. is it's just unreal. the the amount of hard work that that guy puts into every every day, whether it's at the gym or every game, he's always there. and okay, he's not the massive, he's not the biggest point scorer, but certainly in league is faster than even some of the imports that they're bringing in and it's it's just absolutely crazy to see this 39 year old out skating someone who's played two three years in the AHL is just absolutely crazy especially for his age and the natural born leader is he's, he's been the captain for so long because he just knows what to say you know, it's to get the boys, the boys pumped up, as we've seen in the um, the video uh, <laughs> against Austria. That we shall not repeat. Um, but you know, he he just knows what he knows what to say, uh, and he just gives the boys motivation. Doesn't matter what team he's playing for, he, he just finds that motivational speech and gets everyone going. And then, obviously, you talk about the assist on Ben Davies' goal uh, from from Kachitsa. Against France. That speed that he was at when that face off went right down to the other end once they'd won it, tipping in front, and the speed he's just beating two, three people, gets knocked over, gets back up in the space of 0.2 seconds, which I don't know how even that's possible, and just finds Ben in the slot and he slots it home. And I think that's definitely some, that's one moment that is always going to be talked about no matter what for years and years to come that's 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 going to be the biggest sort of um moment or the most celebrated moment i think we'll ever probably see for gb hopefully it'll be maybe one day winning a uh, a division championship uh, or, or the world championships trophy maybe one day but no, that's, that's just a moment to absolutely remember and you know he's he, he's given a lot of um people have have, have watched him like young people who, who want to play hockey you know they've got involved because of, they've watched Jono uh they've even been had sort of lessons or been taught with him through best of British camps or whatever uh I remember the David Clark camps uh he did a few of those a couple of years ago and they're just going to learn from him, and they want to be—they're going be, to want to be like him. And that's a massive achievement that he's done in—in in, himself—is you know being the leader and being someone that everyone looks up to. And hopefully, you know, we'll see a lot more talent coming through because they want it to be like him. And especially, it's the same for Richardson as well. I mean, Richardson, cats and the devils. And it's a captain for a reason for so long as well. Is that exactly the same? He's got his own skill set. He just knows where to be. He's a very strong defenseman, and he can come up with some clutch goals when it's needed. And two people that will be very missed and will be very hard to replace once they retire.
0: I remember the first elite league season and John. O played in Cardiff, and he got some like thirty or forty points. And obviously that year we didn't have that many gifted Brit players and we're all like if you could sign a player yeah Jonathan Phillips Jonathan Phillips and we announce him I was like yeah 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 this is going to be good this and then um, I think it was Sean Maltby signed and he was captain and he was injured and Matt Sauce didn't announce nothing was announced until players scale on and you're like why have we give him the captaincy why have you given this young kid the captaincy and you know calls out what I'm saying you know, why, why are you giving the biggest Club, the biggest club in the country, giving the capsule to a young kid like that. Well, hasn't he shown everyone wrong and hasn't he proved why he is the captain that everyone will talk about for a long, long time? Um, and like you say, you know, you mentioned the France game. I don't know about you, Graf. I just I played that goal back in, I closed my eyes to play that goal again. Um, you know, the likes of him, the likes of Richardson, the likes of Myers, the likes of Ashley Tate, the likes of David Longstaff, all the players that put young guys that um, we'll look up to the legends of our game in the UK uh, and want to be like. Uh, you're absolutely right, Andy. Um, so, you know what? I hope they get more chance next year. If Jono has it, you know, if he wants to play at the World 2024 for quarter, if we get promoted and play at 41, you know, if Jager can play when he's 15, and Jono can play in his 40s. So, you know, there's nothing, ages but a number. But congratulations to them too uh, on their achievements for the national side. Uh, So so we kind of we mentioned the city, we've mentioned the games, we've mentioned the uh, the accolades, and as ever with these trips, there's always one or two stories, and it'd be unfair to not mention a couple of stories. I'll open it to you too, probably to my discredit. Any any highlight stories? From this trip, that's what
1: that's what we're able to talk about. And that we're able to talk about the fact that you became Irish. <laughs> what was yours, mate?
3: Go for it. <laughs> got
1: off there. We got off the tram, walking towards the the cheap bar. Finnish guy comes up, sees we've got. GB jerseys on. Oh, whereabouts are you from? Obviously, I say Manchester. And you just went... You, I think you were just thinking, not this again, I'm Irish. Not thinking anything of it. Just keeps talking to us, goes into the cheap bar, then goes off to the bar. And we sit down thinking, oh, thankfully, he's gone. Next minute... Trey comes along from the bar with twelve pints of Guinness, and we're like, "Has he really just done this?" Then obviously brought twelve shots as well, and we're like, "He literally thinks you're Irish." He's brought twelve Guinnesses, and it's like, it I
0: think because to... we kind of, so I went to the bar to get a drink because, I say, we sat down thinking, "Thank goodness he's gone." So I go, and this guy's like, no, I've got your drink. I'm like, okay. I'll let him play out, whatever. And then you see these trays going, like, why has he bought Guinness? Why has he done this? And then about about 15 minutes later, Gref goes, you told him you were Irish, weren't you? Oh, no. And and that's this guy. It must have cost him about 100-plus euros. For the a can was like 650, and he bought 12 cans. Why 12? I don't know. And these licorice shots. And I don't know what alcohol was in the licorice shots. You were saying that. Was it vodka? You mm-hmm. say that, Gref. I don't think you had many of these. You had two. us had more because we were told to. Um, but you could smell the shots before you saw them. It's like, oh, that's a bit strong. Oh, God, we are going to drink these could be rude, you know. If someone's bought you a drink. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll never claim to be anything but in the future. That was just like, yeah. Uh,
1: Everyone was looking around, going, Come, on, we've got to finish his pints. And we're like, But only Dave likes Guinness. I was going to say. <laughs>
0: It was the best thing. It was like I'll just go back to Challenge Cup final weekend. We, me, Joe, and Andy was in Willespoons, and we did the this is the table, and it was Six Nations day. You get Guinness. Well, Joe and Andy's like I can't drink this. Yeah, okay, fine. But even I'm like, oh, this is a struggle. This is a struggle enough now. But we got through it as a team. Uh, but we did get a photo of you enjoying your pint of Guinness. We did. That we as did. Ever. I think. As, as ever we're a fake smile? course <laughs> um andy you have know, any fun stories
1: that pg
3: not that we're
0: saying that we're stories that weren't pg we're just making sure that we remember the audience that we
1: our, our audience base is um you know we're well You're also you are also still muted by the way
2: yeah uh i do have one that i can say um myself and dave uh i'll I'll put in context first um so we found out that actually in in finland uh the electric scooters are actually legal whereas here uh they're not unless it's on uh, private land Uh, so you can't really use them on public on public footpaths as soon as we all got here or or got to Finland uh, we we just see all these electric bikes everywhere and we mean they are literally everywhere even the McDonald's or the cafe has the the charging points where you put the battery in and, and you get fresh ones out it's it's unreal and they're just everywhere so um Myself and Dave decides uh, on the second to last day, but we just decide to, you know what, let's uh, let's give it a go. Uh so uh I got to one, Dave's fine, he goes around and he's off he's off like a shot, and he knows what he's doing. Uh and then uh five minutes later, I eventually managed to get going. Uh I think I got half a yard until I managed I realized I can't I can't get any balance on these things. Um so I was going up and down the street to try and get a bit bit of practice because it's so difficult because the uh, they have cycle lanes where cyclists and the scooter users can use it. But obviously it's going two ways and it's so narrow uh, that you, you're likely to to crash into a local 100%. And uh, I, I almost did certainly quite a few times. Um, but yeah, they were just so hard to get balance on, I thought. And then the locals were just looking at me thinking... What the hell are you doing? And and I am just thinking, I, I obviously don't know much finished, so I'm just saying, I, how do you guys use these? And everyone's just bursting out laughing uh, that I'm, I'm going past, literally weaving now, almost crashing into things. Uh, I'm surprised it wasn't you being framed, but a, f- a few close calls with the locals. Four, but two were in with other people's fault. I must clarify that. Uh, but yeah. What was your experience like, Dave?
0: What you were you was describing there sounds like a you problem. Um, but yeah, um, so I, I had similar numbers uh, and this one guy, um, I felt that at the time. He was, was a pram and his kids. And I, and I was like, trying to get out of the way and eventually did, but he absolutely went on an A-grade rant. This is a superb rant and he's going for it. hell for leather. In finish. And I'm not understanding a single word he's saying. Not even saying ketos. It's the only word I can remember. Not even saying that. He's absolutely probably said a few choice words in in industrial language. And I'm like, yeah, 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 whatever. I've not understood a word he said there, mate. Um, But, yeah, it was like, you know, you're going up and down. I turned around twice thinking, Andy was there like a second ago. Where's he going now? So, and there was this part that we'd gone past a couple of times uh, where I wanted to go on the bridge. Because it was over over a river and it was really nice scenery i went to this but forgetting that you had to go downhill so i'm like okay just like treat it like a bike i just gradually break everything and completely forgot that i was on the main road and i'm like oh i need to get over there very quickly uh any cars and literally you you, you only go like a certain. i think it's like 20, 15 to 25 kilometers an hour so you're not going quick Per se, but I'm pressing down on this lever as like as hard as I can. Think I'll get another five kilometers out of this just to get on the pavement um, without any cars taking me out. Uh, but it's, it's an experience. But the thing is, so obviously they have drink driving laws, but it doesn't count on a scooter because the amount of people that we saw just take out scooters five, ten of them when they fall into it after that a few. Shots and then got on the scooter because we did a couple of pints before we got on them. And so I'm not advocating drink driving. Let me not. We're not saying that in any way, shape, or form. Um I just forgot there were the pints and we just got on the scooters. But uh, yeah, went round, did the whole thing, and uh, it was just it just let's say it was an experience, wasn't it? It was just something different that like you don't get to do in Sheffield or Manchester, I don't think. But then again, in fairness, you know, Gref looked at it and he was just like, no. Am I going to waste my time? I know, no. my, I know my lane and I'm staying in it and that's not my lane. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, the scooters, was a, that was fun. Uh, what wasn't fun was when you, you go to the shop and you get stuff for you and your roommate to then walk in and out of nowhere, hi, am I? oh my, all the expletives was... Launched at a certain person mentioning no names. Gref, um,
1: he just said hi. I think my comment was morning.
0: Good morning. Hi. Right. Well played. Yeah. Good old jinx of a hotel room.
1: All right. Although I think also we found the accuracy shooting in that hockey that hockey shot. <laughs>
0: So, yeah, so we've got to mention this shop. Um, it was... So, for those who were based in Sheffield, in fact, most northern hockey people will know puck stop. This, this hockey shop in Tampa was basically puck stop on steroids. It was fantastic. Um, I found, like, the best-fitting set of goalie pads ever. Not the price I wanted to pay for them. But and part of the section was for the outskaters so they can practice on sticks and dangle and shoot in the net. And these two are like, come on, David, I know you're going to the book. Oh, yeah, whatever. Dangle away. Tries lifting it. Now, obviously, on the podcast, you're not going to be able to picture the distance. But you've got a fair bit of, like, roller rink and a net. So, a fair, decentish indoor size. Yeah, this chuff decides to lift it over the net, over the netting above it to protect any wayward shots. Nearly takes out the guy serving. Misses him by
3: millimetres. It weren't the
0: follower of the defender. No, it was the goalie. i might like, there you go, Graf, just, just hold the stick, it's not, not my problem. <laughs> 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 but uh, one, got to mention, we. so the Nokia Arena is the brand new venue for where Teppler and Ilvers play. The old building is where their second division, the Mestis League, and that's where Josh Tetlow's playing next season. And we, in looking for these shops, went down and we hoped to go inside. And uh, no doors open, so we'll try to go to the top of the shop. And Andy goes, hang on a minute. Just wait a minute, guys. Finds these random strangers. OK, what's he doing now? You know Andy. Next thing. Guys, come over, come over. I'm like, what, what do you mean? We can go in. They're going to let us in. Oh, superb. Nice one, Andy. So, walking. This is a 7,000-seater, old-school barn. Uh, I don't you two guys think, but when that building's full, oh, atmosphere will be out of electric. So, we're looking round. All right, this is a pretty decent barn for a 7,000-seater. It's not Nokia, but it's pretty decent. And then this guy that Andy was talking to comes over. He's like, do you want to go center ice?" And the are like... Yes. Yes. Just lead the way. Just there's no discussion. Just go. We'll we'll follow. Which um, is then next thing is like go on center ice. I don't know about you guys. Again, perfect ice. weren't wet, I mean, when you sometimes you go on freshly cut ice, it's a bit wet, in that respect, but it's just perfect ice. Because you, when you're on trainers, you, you're trying to take baby steps so you don't fall. There were none of that, and you just and even so many rink when you go center ice, you you appreciate how big this build any building is. And you get to say, actually, like, oh, oh, wow, this actually is a pretty decent size arena. Um, and that's it. That's where the old, where Tapper and Ill used to play. Um, they're the own standing section in their own colours, either side. Um, that's, you can tell that's, <laughs> that's how you know they share it. Um, we've got Gref in his natural habitat um, in an area that doesn't need stick tape and leg tape to hold things together. Correct. Um, Andy was there looking like he knew what he was doing in the pellet box. In my natural habitat. He did not. He hadn't got a clue. Uh, but it was just like if, 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 if any hockey fan when you get that chance to go center ice to a bit in any building, it's like this is pretty cool. Um, and you're just like, well, we walked out. It's like, wow, that's so. We got a few photos, and you're just like, wow, this is something special. And and a decent building as well. And it had an Irish bar.
2: No, well, it was open, but it had one.
0: It went open, but it
3: had
1: an ice off <laughs> Just look at you, just coming out of that rink, we're, I think we're, all three of us were just like, wow, that's really just happened. I think it was your mum's staff that went, that's just like made your guys weak now, hasn't it? And it was like, yeah, definitely. <laughs> it was just one of them. You didn't expect obviously we got in there and we just took, took a photo of the full rink we're like i approve there's a go on the ice straight away no hesitation yes it was like walking down <laughs> walking down there i'm thinking actually i'm wearing tom's slip-on trainers here this might not go well
0: so i had, I had slip-on vans i think you had something similar andy so it's like oh, not trainers. Trainers,
1: but not the best type of shoes for ice.
2: No, no. And I just
1: get on, do a little shimmy across, and then you think, actually, no, this feels all right. You just walk normal. Yeah. You are just like, wow. I think I even touched the ice at one point, thinking, oh wow, this really is nice. It's not altering them, but you know. <laughs> so this this idiot says that our
0: bus driver um who gave us a um a guided tour of Tampere. Um, It says, this is the old rink, and straight away, Daffy, no, no altering Really? Which was outdone on comments by, yeah, it's definitely no Edinburgh either. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, no, I I think it's it's fair to say that our trip was a very good one. Started a great night in Manchester with the uh, Ultra Apprentice. And just went from there, just a, a lot of fun, a lot of laughter. And, uh, um, you know, I said it to you already, but, you know, guys, cheers for the uh, the laughter and the, the stories that we'll talk about for a long time. The ones that we can't mention on here. And that's all Stafford's fault. That's all I'm going to say. It's always my um, fault. It's fine. It's it always your fault, my friend. But hey, you own it well. Um, I do. Well, <laughs> I'm not saying anything. Um. So, we was going to do one last this last week, but then we going to wait for the um, destination of where GB are playing next year. We know that destination, and it's close to home. Nottingham. Nationalised licenses hosting it um, with Italy, who also went, got relegated, Poland, Lithuania, Romania and Korea. Uh, we'll go briefly just on the time we've got left. Um, as much as we enjoyed a trip away... What a opportunity to
1: bounce back, and a group that realistically we should finish in the top two. Definitely, I mean, also saves us money. We don't have to change our pounds into euros or whatever the local currency is. No spending money and getting flights. Thinking, oh, oh, I've got this much baggage allowance. What can I fit in there? None of that. You think you just go straight across. If you need a, if you need like a, some a plug to charge your phone, you don't have to go around several shops to get <laughs> uh, an adapter. <laughs> no, no, one, no one did that, did they, Graf? No,
2: no one did. No one. Or a fan, in in my case. Oh, yeah.
0: A or a fan. <laughs> well, we we killed two birds on sale. We went into the little, little and got a, um, a can of alcohol just to keep hydrated. Of course.
1: <laughs> and obviously, this time we've got the two things we wanted a Greggs and a Weber spoons. <laughs> so, it's peak so walk- right
0: there,
2: Greggs. Oh, it's
0: peak, yeah. we were walking around on that second day. I was like, one was like, good great, murder murderer Greggs. Good rate, fancy Greg's. Greggs. Guess at Manchester airport, as you're going out at um, arrivals, first thing you see is Greggs. <laughs> Woo! Straight there. Like Usain Bolt on a 100 meter track. You've never seen his move so quick in his life. But uh, yeah, if I, I I don't know what you guys think. I think it's a, a going opportunity to, to bounce back and get promotion to, to Prague or Strava.
1: Um, I just think, especially with the group, I just don't see it challenging us. It's also good for team to get people that are thinking, I, I'm not really going to go away to GB spend all that money when I don't know if I'm going to actually enjoy it. They actually go, it's their own back door. Don't really have to, I'll have to fuck out what. For some people, it's ticket money. Some people, transport and ticket money, or transport, hotel and ticket money. It's a lot cheaper than what it would be if we're away in somewhere like Tampere, or anywhere in Finland, Latvia, Budapest, Prague, whatever, wherever. It's a good experience to get more fans on board, more people on board, and then say like we do get promoted from that group. Because which realistically looking at, you're thinking actually we should be aiming for one or two. We get more. We're in Prague, say we bring over, say we bring over more than we did. When we were in Slovakia, which was like what five hundred people, five six hundred, yeah, yeah. We bring over more. Say we bring over a thousand. That'd be insane. For a, a, a nation that's not really a hockey nation, a thousand people for a an away for an away game, pretty much away tournament. And like it only gets better the from there. Mm-hmm. Yes. It only gets better. Uh, and Andy, I. Again, I'll ask you on the,
0: your take. Is that is it a group that realistically, with all cards in, on a row, GB should qualify and get promotion back to the world champs?
2: Absolutely, yeah, hundred um, percent. For me, it'd be a lot easier if uh, obviously the three three that weren't available this year's in um, Kirk, Cameron and Connolly. I think having them essential players back will make it, you know just a little bit more easy you'd wish or hope Um, but yeah we've we've just got to learn the mistakes against Latvia and against Austria and we can can definitely definitely win it Um, just got to be smart Uh, just got to tighten things up at the back a bit more disciplined and I think we'll be absolutely fine uh, so, slightly good, if, if I can be a bit selfish, right? It's not Italy, because I've always wanted to go to Italy. Uh, definitely on my bucket list. Uh, but it's nice that it's closer to home. Hopefully, there'll be more um, more people going uh, and more people in, involved in it. Bear in mind, it's obviously home. Um, but again, I, I think I think it's just missing for me, since this is my first one, uh, Finland, I'm. I think I'm going to miss all, all the advertisements I had, you know, around the city advertising it. We're in Nottingham. I can't see there being any advertising at all. Uh, so I, I don't think it'll reach as many people as, you know, I, I'd i personally wish or hope. But it's just nice that we've got a chance to, you know, uh, gain promotion, just like we did in one uh, B when it was in Belfast. Uh, another chance to. Get promotion to home side will be fantastic for everyone, and uh, just hoping that you know everyone who goes uh, gets on board with the GBSC spirit of you know uh, just chatting throughout the game. That'll give a massive lift to lift to the players, especially in a, in in a you know sold out uh, barn full of British fans would be amazing. So hopefully we'll get that, and uh, it will drive them to promotion.
0: 100% agree with that and I'll mention one thing um what I'd re- I'd recommend as a personal recommendation not of the podcast and although all three of us are members uh, join the support club the Great Britain one Um helps the program um you get the information up front um we'll put some links maybe um we'll go to the feature where we'll get um, a couple of the committee on interview, and we'll put the links there to, to join up um it'll also help you when when the tickets do become available so uh, but next year. If you've ever wanted to watch the national side in a meaningful game, and I appreciate pre-tournament games aren't classes, it this is the opportunity. To, let's pack the barn, let's get six thousand each night, and let's cheer GB back to the World Championships. I think we all agree on that one. That's that should be the aim. Hundred percent. So, so that's what we're looking forward to. Um, so, guys, um, that's it. Really, we've we've uh, we've we've get, we've returned back to traditional MFZ length. Um, and that's just the three of us. Um, when Joe comes back off fire, we'll obviously talk about the, the playoffs and summer signings and other news and gossip and, and everything else that will happen in the summer. But for now, Andy, thank you very much uh, for your time this evening. Great to, to get the, uh, the Finnish band back together. Or as we were saying out there, Kitos.
2: Kitos, Dave. Um, yeah. we're uh, really nice to talk about it. And yeah, uh share some of our memories from this trip it's it's, it's been especially my first one it's, it's been great and uh looking forward to hopefully doing some more in the future uh looking forward to see what nottingham brings next year uh i, I was just going to say as well um that it it was nice because we managed to while we we're there in, in, against the checks so we managed to bump into uh martin Latal, matthias to and uh they bumped into uh who did you bump into again? Thomas Duber, Um in his Czech jersey,
0: but his kids are wearing his Steeler shirts. Uh, it was really weird because we was we saw this guy in, in a steeler shirt. And really reacting, and I'm thinking, who the bloody hell is wearing a steeler shirt? Because you kind of don't wear domestic shirts. It's not you're not like found upon. It's not you can't do it, but you kind of um you just don't. And you see this guy like really been active by the bench, like, oh that does this and it turns out it's latal we're to to. it's like okay fair enough uh but yes uh and they both got on them the jumbotron um there was another thing that got on the jumbotron which i can't mention because um someone will kill me um but it showed how good the jumbotron were um, um we'll, we'll mention one on a live episode because that's the only one i'm gonna uh, throw it on uh but, uh, yeah, no, it, was, it was good to bump into him. And, yes, I, as a goalie, I went full bunny mode, and I have no shame in that and got a photo. Um, hey, he would have turned to so. certainly So yeah, it was, yeah.
2: Great. It, was, it was great to bump into those guys again. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, um, just amazing all, all in all. Yeah, so uh, Kitos Dave, Kitos Gref, uh, Kitos everyone listening at, at home or wherever you are.
0: Indeed, and no mention of pets or anybody else, just covering the bases, Andy. uh, for the moment, yeah, that's fine. We'll we'll we'll, we'll take the small wins. Um, Gref Ketos, matey, um, yeah, thanks for making me lose weight, making me scare the, the hotel, um, and the other stories that we've gone through and the ones that we can't, uh, but no, thanks for tonight, the trip, thanks for tonight, and going for the memories again, um.
1: It's always good to go over the memories and kind of laugh about it again. Oh, there'll still be times where we'll go all over them, especially probably this weekend as well. But ketos Dave, Ketos to staff, and also ketos to everyone listening right now. Cheers for listening to us ramble on about the World Champs that's just happened.
0: Indeed. Um, you can tell that Great Britain didn't qualify for the bracket stage because we've not talked about it. Um, we'll save that for Joe um, because there was a few controversial things uh, in that final and we'll see what he thinks. Um, but uh, to this is Kitos, and if you have not with that, thank you. Um, thank you for listening to our rambles, our stories, our thoughts on what was um, a memorable trip but with a heartbreaking ending. But uh, it's summertime it's time to to put the jerseys away listen to rumors go on holiday play some charity hockey and all that jazz could be a fun summer so again ketos guys ketos listeners and that is another episode of the My fantasy and um we just can't confirm or not if the shop is open
3: Free dance moves